Hi, everyone. Um, welcome to Art and Labor. Um, I'm OK Fox. And I'm Lucia Love. Um, and we're uh, a podcast about um, art, artworking. Yeah, we're we're a podcast trying to figure out what it means to what? be alive now. Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> we're we're constantly unraveling a uh, Ouroboros that oh. is um, taking in the Marxist theory and uh, becoming the Marxist theory. And then also like pooping out the Marxist theory. Yeah, like getting thrashed by it, and uh, when when you try to do it, and then getting spit out, and then trying to collect yourself, and and all then that. also sometimes and fighting it and winning. Yeah, sometimes winning, which is always um, a real thrill. Yeah, <laughs> to win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my dad is also an Ouroboros, and he comes in sometimes, and he's like, "Son, are you winning?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah," but he can't hear me because I'm eating myself. Yeah, <laughs> dad, I'm winning. I'm eating myself. <laughs> I'm winning. <laughs> um, it really, it really do feel like that though. I, I was just talking to a friend. <laughs> like, okay, so I was doing some work with my, uh, with my union. Um, doing some food distribution and one of the members I was with like got a phone call and she was just like uh yeah that was um or she got a text message and she was like oh my god they just fired all of us and I'm like what and they're like and she was like they just fired all of, all of us we were trying to unionize and they just fired all of us whoa she I, I, and and so I had to talk to her some more but I think it was like um it was one of the big like poetry project things. I can't I don't know which one. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this one I hadn't even hadn't even been on my radar at all. Um Oh yeah. <laughs> we used to be the podcast where we would talk to people who were unionizing and then there just got to be too many and people were like, Hey, cover this, why don't you? And it was like, wait, we're, but we got, we have interests. <laughs> I'm too busy reading theory. Yeah. I, Sorry. It's all, it's also like, you know, um, they you know, shit, they keep getting fucking crushed. And it's like, well, then you hit the books and it's like, why are they getting crushed? Let's find out. Yeah. And it turns out cause you know, there's no labor protections yeah, in this country and people can just get rid of you if they feel like it. Especially oh. during and during COVID, we're seeing a trend of like, um, you, you know, using it's like shock doctrine shit, like using the pandemic to as as an excuse, like to uh, union bus, uh, you know. Oh, oh sure. Got to make cuts. Yeah. That, so that keeps happening. And it's really, really bad. And. And then, and, and what really, really, I think bummed me out right in the beginning of the pandemic was that any cuts were allowed to the public sector at all in the beginning. I think mm. that's when my brain started to break. And I was like, if even the public sector is willing to let these cuts slide, what chance do we have? This is insane. Yeah. And I, I got all broken and, and uh, then the podcast for the past like eight to 10 months. I don't know how about you, but for me it has just been like, uh, yeah, just constant 
new battles to talk to, 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 to like it's just like a million fires at once or something i don't know <laughs> yeah i've been on the path of like trying to figure out what my relationship is to the universal nature of this struggle because i think when we started recording uh years ago <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was like, I was like, oh my God, Jesus, all of this stuff is my responsibility and I am not working hard enough and I need to know more and do better and I have to be the most communist somehow. Some, like, as yeah, if get the trophy. Yeah, <laughs> as if there is a way. And now I'm like, well, you know what, as the, as the pressure level rises i'm like oh there isn't any possible way that i can do anything except for like try to help everyone around me and like you know see that there is a use for electoralism and people who could be like writing legislation for like reinstating some of these protections and um making some kind of a public works program and getting that green new deal on the on the on the road and you know it's like don't you feel beaten out by I that shit too though <laughs> I, no no i feel like i'm like in a i'm i've reached zen state <laughs> for this moment at some other point i'm gonna feel the the just crushing weight of everything again but now i'm like wow i see it all there's nothing i can do i mean except for what i'm already doing which is like plenty i think it i think it's like yeah it's it's definitely where where you fit where the the all of the things need to happen at once so it's like yeah party politics need to happen legislation pushing should happen um like all of that stuff just all needs to happen at once and and labor needs to happen like it's all like yeah because like the the small amount of things that labor was able to do is clear like in during this pandemic as well like the the if there wasn't organized labor um more even more people would have died in the beginning of this like it's the you know, they got these protections to potentially shut the schools down and they, if, if it hits a certain threshold and it remains to be seen if, if they follow through with that, um, it's, it seems kind of what's happening is that they're kicking the can down the road to the holidays. Right. Well, it's just but, insane too. Cause it's like Cuomo is looking at the infection rate and going like, well, you know, why don't we hold out for it to get a little higher? I know. I know. They're playing games with the numbers too. They're just, they're just kind of finagling the, the numbers to fit whatever they need. So it's like, we're at 2.7 and it has to hit three. And it's like, bitch in some neighborhoods it's hit like, six or eight or more yeah i was gonna say I was gonna, that was what <laughs> that was actually the cap that people were trying to say like cuomo's like just wait until it's six insane wait until it's six all around insane deranged 
Yeah, it's very <laughs> it's very odd, but check this out. On you know, things are getting dark, they're gonna get bad again, but as we see um the infection rates rising over the winter, we're also gonna see the dawning of the age of Aquarius. How do you mean what? So, really? Oh, because 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 yeah. it'll be January, <laughs> December twenty first <laughs> is the, is the first day of the age of Aquarius. Wow, sick! So <laughs> let's just see. Let's just see. God, oh my god. I don't know. I that's like I I'm like, oh wow, like leadership is all corrupt and I am just like taking care of my friends and family and I don't know anything, but um you know, it's going to be the age of Aquarius. So <laughs> I, so I watched hair. <laughs> good. <laughs> that's a good call. Oh yeah! Oh, it was so great! Oh my god! All of their dancing. I <laughs> uh, that's they're 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 dancing in the fields. Have you ever heard the the um Killdozer Alice Donut like punk rock version of Age of Aquarius? Oh yeah, <laughs> fucking rocks! I always think about that yeah. when I think about it now. No, oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I don't know what I've been watching my day is kind of a blur or I I feel very out of it right in this moment I I I was in a seminar earlier about eviction defense so that seems to be the a big frontier for these um mutual aid groups to organize around we'll see if like the you know people were very willing to organize around food and stuff um uh and I think there's a lot of um, what's the word like will will to build keep building around eviction defense and um yeah and and, and housing justice so we'll see if that materializes um in in, in this city at least I, I I mean evictions are happening upstate um and you know of course like in other parts of the country it's just horrendous and but there are these like um situations like in LA for example or like I've seen in other places too where there's been like really successful eviction blockades and the tenants are able to to you know to win their homes <laughs> to stay in their homes and in some cases like you know the uh city buys um these properties that are just um often abandoned or like being reclaimed by um houseless people and mm -hmm. uh that seems like a very effective uh way of organizing right now um but it's it's hard i think what's even harder than materializing an eviction defense network is um doing the political education necessary for people to feel like they have rights and are able to stay because i think everyone's just leaving yes <laughs> yeah i think that most people don't want to deal with the abuse that you are oh yeah yeah stuck with 
if you don't have to. I mean, most people, it's like, well, if I'm up against the wall and this is my last stop to being unhoused, then you're more likely to want to have some defense in your corner. But I think it seems like most people are like, all right, fine, fine. Goodbye. I'm fine. off. I'm off I'll, to I'll go, go spread COVID to seven other states or whatever. Uh, yeah. Or like an increasing number of roommates. Yeah, exactly. That's what yeah. I mean. Like, it's like, you yeah, know, yeah. like with my house, there was like eight of us or whatever. And we all moved like, <laughs> and it's like, I don't think any of us had COVID, but I, if there's similar situations all over happening all the fucking time, that's what's happening. That's what's spreading COVID. Yeah. And there's even a study to confirm that um, that I was reading. Well, of course. Yeah. You know, of course. Of course. I mean, I, it's just nice to see it in like a fucking, what is it, like journal, like like <laughs> academic paper. Oh. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we. it's like the CDC just coming out in the past couple of weeks saying that masks don't only protect others. They also protect you. Like, <laughs> yes, of course. Oh. Yes. The, the CDC has we, lost we so know. much credibility. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Wait, I wonder what your opinion on this shit is because I was I keep like getting into fights with people about um uh I I of course um keep becoming a more and more a China apologist and I I don't mean to like I'm not saying again I want to reiterate that like I'm against uh I'm against any capitalist government and I'm against any fucking human rights atrocity but it okay this is quite the <laughs> i just feel like i had to say this every time up. i fucking defend china because i get people fucking being like what is wrong with you and i'm like this is what it looks like to me from what i've been reading is like the united states has pulled out of the who and china has mm. not and this is a pandemic and even though the united states like you know we're hugely suffering from this virus and like you know, um, you know, have, have self-incentive to make a virus. Um, we're not then offering that to the rest of the world, but China is, and that's what it's going to take to like, you know, whatever quote unquote, get things back on track or like, I think it's a, a fantasy that, that will go back to like the same level of capitalist extraction pre COVID. Um, like as far as like extreme global trade, like uh, and travel, like constantly, mm -hmm. uh, unless I mean, unless there's like a, a so, you know, China can distribute their virus to you know rural India. Wait, yeah, vaccine? yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> the, their oh, okay. vaccine All to right. like rural India and all these places that um, are, that the United States is like, it, we can't even reach ourselves. Like we're, we're more committed to just letting another two, 200 K people die. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure that we're going to rejoin all of these international institutions and do some damage uh, control in the next hundred days. But whether or not this, you know, 
means anything in terms of like distribution on a global scale is is yet to be seen because i don't know i was just reading about uh the issues of distribution not around like china and america but in like around africa and who is going to um foot the bill on that and now there's like a huge discussion about like oh that's right like all of these industrialized countries don't want to have to deal with the fact that they've extracted all of these natural resources and left these other places sort of like uh you know in 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 horrible yeah, exactly. but like if, all of if these, it is going you know, to be so, anybody don't you think it is going to be china i mean that for africa well, yeah, and abso- and india yeah Absolutely. And that's and that's the kind of thing it's like um, China and to some extent Russia are picking up on this idea of like making deals with whoever that needs something like they're not just doing this with the vaccine. They're doing this with like, what do you got? We're here and we and our economies are strong and we're on the rise and we're going for it because comparatively speaking now that's not a lie <laughs> yeah i mean but uh, but at the end of the day i mean it just none of it sounds like i you know i don't no, I, mean, I don't it's, know it's it's not like great none of it's ideal like it's it's uh it's just interesting to me that like in it and it could keep pushing this, you know, I'm just, I don't know. I I'm, I'm concerned about like con like maybe these like cold wars escalating into hot wars and, um, seeing what happens in the next couple of years. It, it just feels like the United States could like with the rhetoric that Biden has about China, um, it, it could get really fucking stupid and really ugly. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. Um and I think that it's not going to, but you know, that I'm just not really worried about things in in this way that everyone is seeing so many dramatic possibilities and I I kind of just relate it to what's happening now with everyone going like Oh my God, guys, there's going to be a coup. And then we see like the million mega march is really depressing. I just kind of think that that's how a lot of things are going to pan out because (laughs) there's, you know, there's too much of an entrenched um, system of like, you know, capitalist acquisition and then like biopolitical control on everything to have too much of like a knockdown drag out hot war with two um or three world powers like we're gonna keep doing proxy war skirmishes in perpetuity and it's gonna be as disgusting as ever but i don't really see it turning into like Oh, now well, I'm not like now, trying to dooms, doomsday about a know. World War Three. I'm just saying, like some of these conflicts could get way worse. I mean, I guess we're seeing today that. Well, they're already yeah. bad, and it's just like, so what is what is there to 
like I, I just don't really understand what there is to gauge because it's like no, no, no we're all like we're just gonna keep doing what we're always doing and they're and stuff's gonna shift around a little bit yeah yeah i don't yeah and then there's there was like a, a very um there was a very insane op-ed today um from like a eugenicist guy who was like um the u.s like killing all of these people killing all, uh, so much of its own people has shown china how like how it's actually showing china how strong we are how much we can take as a as a as a nation or something <laughs> like it's just it's like totally Whoa. psycho. Sorry, that was like going around today. I could find the quote from there. Wow, that's <laughs> like, cool. That's like the, the foreign policy consensus right now is just the most deranged shit. <laughs> God, I mean that's fun though. <laughs> that's just that's just some fun. Uh, that's like some sci-fi dystopia <laughs> reading, like closer and closer to um the stupidest sci-fi which is um ready player one i think yeah. <laughs> that, that won the that won the award <laughs> to me it's like oh it's so lame because it's just like you know uh like male gamer power fantasy like the, oh sure but it's it's the perfect like individualized fucking um you know, situate like situation where like everybody is like um on on this digital realm and you can conquer the digital realm or something and then you're also you never actually have to see anybody. You're at home the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I hate I hate all of that stuff. I don't even have much to say about it. Cause it's like it's I like just, I, every time i think of like right. dystopias now i'm like that's the dystopia it feels like we're closest to right now it, which is like the dumbest one <laughs> well it's also it's like this digital solipsism that people are not actually like interested in maintaining so there's always this like it's like maybe you could be in a little vr and you know you could upload a little uh framework of your dead kid like and have that moment where you talk to them and it's like they're real and oh my god but there's but then you're like you know what my kid's dead this isn't real and now i gotta do something with my life <laughs> like i just think that the there you know that it's too much to um Oh, well, I don't know. The, the, I just hope uh, not the there. Bloomberg op-ed that was going around today where the, the psycho guy, Tyler Cowen, was like, here's a dope dose of optimism for you all. Um, or uh, for most of you, at least. And it's like, uh, there is one factor that people are loath to discuss with one exception. Yes, the U.S. has botched its response to COVID-19. At the same time, oh. it ex its experience shows that America as a nation can, in fact, tolerate casualties. Too many, in fact. It has long been standard Chinese doctrine that Americans are soft and unwilling to take on much risk. If you were a Chinese war game planner, might you now reconsider that assumption? <laughs> wow that's really 
something that I wasn't ready for. <laughs> That's like <laughs> it. I mean, it's really funny though because it it takes into account this sort of stereotype that we have yes. of China, where it's like, oh well, they'll just they'll just work their uh their Foxconn uh workers into a suicide net or something like they don't they don't care they'll just they'll just go ahead and build a whole building <sighs> in a day and like they don't care if someone it's dies like, and meanwhile china to the un to to your point um china to the to the un was like and to the human rights council reviewed the u.s human rights record and and that all it's so good. China wishes to recommend to the U.S. root out systemic racism, address widespread police brutality, and combat discrimination against African and Asian Americans, urge politicians to respect people's rights to life and health, and stop politicizing and stigmatizing the COVID-19 pandemic, take holistic measures to eliminate political polarization and social inequality, combat... These are all numbered, by the way. I haven't been reading the numbers. Combat increasingly severe religious intolerance and xenophobic parties. Um, stop incarcerating migrants, including migrant children, and guarantee the rights of migrants. Ad address proliferation of guns and guarantees people's rights to life. Lift um, coercive unilateral measures. Um, stop torture and anti-terrorist operations. Halt military intervention in other countries. Stop killing civilians. Stop inferring for political reasons in other countries internal affairs under the pretext of human rights. So I guess China's been reading some Dean Spade as well. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Oh, you know, we just wear it on our sleeve. <laughs> it's so I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's just this really annoying thing that's like, all right, well, like, so what, China? Stop having a Uyghur well, genocide. That's the thing. That's what I said. I, I was know. like in the in the glass house floor. Like, why don't you Why don't you quit your policing? I, you know, like leave I, Hong Kong I alone. Mean, it, leave Taiwan alone. I, I don't know. I've been <laughs> Tibet. God damn it! No. This shit has been. I, I've been sorry. I've been so interested in like the China stuff because, and then I I started reading this. Um, uh, like left communist journal like chinese journal called um uh chuang i can link it and um reading about uh yeah mainland china's atrocities in other places and then like different ways that those um situations have been developing or whatever and um uh I don't. I don't know. I um, the the weird thing with Hong Kong right now is it's uh it's turn it's 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 turning much more into a far right nationalist movement than how it started. And uh, uh, there's a lot of thought that you know U.S. intervention could have stuff to something to do with that. Like, and so then I start to think like it's like yeah I'm. I'm for whatever like the the Hong Kong workers want, but it's like, um, it is the is the United States now embedding itself into into that? I don't know. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, I, I, I've I been reading about either. this shit more, and it's and I'm it's well it's well over what I'm actually. I don't know. I I don't know why I'm going down this China path so much, but that's where that's my little update, I guess, on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, China corner. I don't know why I've just been getting so um in, yeah embedded into it. I, I I try to get it back into. I try to, to to get my reading interest back into uh, labor issues and and stuff here at home. <laughs> oh, who, are you, hey, you know, go on a flight of fancy. Find out what, what what's happening across the I, seas. I'm just I'm, I'm I, I got yeah I got really enraptured in in the geopolitics of it all. I guess, um, but then I try. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't it is know a weird, what's going on because I'm not reading anything about It is a weird like glass China house right <laughs> situation, but it's like I'm like I, I don't know. I'm like yeah. I guess the Chinese propaganda is working on me because it's like I look and it's like they have this shit under the control and we're set to kill more people. Like we're gonna like who like I'm like they're obviously doing something right if like their people are protected fundamentally in a way that we are not here <laughs> so it's like what are they doing right is all i want to know um oh sure and there are so, like a lot of things that they are doing right and, and like like bernie sanders even said when he was running like you know commend countries for doing things right when they do things right you know um yeah yeah i mean i just <laughs> don't know uh, fucking, I am sorry. This no, is no, no. It's, this is a let me thing. rant about this because I have no one to fucking talk to about it. Because everyone I talk to about it is like, "What the fuck are you saying?" <laughs> and oh, I'm like, "Read whoa. this, please. Read this." And I'll just link it in the show notes so people can read it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. For me, like, I read a little bit about. China yeah. from the past, like I got on a China kick uh, in history of like, oh, huh, here's the way that they were ordering society for a very long time. And this is how you get to the point where individuals matter less, which was like a horrifying process I, I, to I me. I mean, I get that. And, and, and then I see them like, you know, building stuff and I'm like, huh. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. Seems suspect. But if everybody's happy, I guess it's fine. Is everybody happy? I don't know. I don't have a large enough sampling size to know about the general happiness of a place or if it is even true that their COVID numbers are so low. So it's hard for me to go like, wow, they're really doing something right. Let's go in this direction because... Oh, it's you know, good to remain skeptical of yeah. everything, especially in places we we aren't we we don't live. And I think the the rule of thumb for me is with international stuff is like talking to people who actually live there, and especially you know working class people who actually live there, and and what do they want, and how are they organizing? Um, yeah, and I feel like I don't know how to speak to enough people that aren't like educated at least enough to also be able right. to speak English with me 
And it's like, if someone is like, oh, well, I'm a college educated person who's doing just fine. It's like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah so am I. That doesn't mean like, <laughs> this is a sampling of how Americans are doing. I'm doing exceptionally well. In no, but I, I have found like, I, have found just, like this, I don't really um, know. There's a, a couple of different like good left China journals um, to check out. Uh, even though that are like translated into English or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. uh, or some of them are based in other countries, but are like, you know, have a half, you know, half membership in China or whatever it is. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely link some of them, but I did try to ground my shit into art world politics again by reading that the David Graeber piece in Eflux. Um, and then I made you read it too. <laughs> yes, I did. This was something that I, I <laughs> am prepared to talk about today. Um, and uh, we both didn't like it. <laughs> RIP David Graeber yeah. um, did some amazing contributions. Um, oh, but also this is writ- also ris- written by um, Nika Dubovsky, um, who I, I didn't look up cause I didn't do good research, but. Uh, yeah, this piece was, um, I, yeah, I don't need, I don't know. I don't know how it ties in. It doesn't. With this is China, a new segment. But- <laughs> yeah oh okay great okay i wasn't sure here yeah it's just it, it's like this is one of those sort of i i thought of it as like a dilettante mm. piece i was like oh these people <laughs> they're on they like a really flight of what fancy. they're talking about it's kind of like, <laughs> it's like- yeah they're like but it it's just so sprawling and it's like they're asking questions in in this work that's like oh well uh is it possible for the art world to uh actually contend with the fact that it crushes people's souls just like the police state does it's like dude what (laughs) <laughs> Dude, are you seriously it was like it's like that Foucauldian thing where people end up um calling everything violence to the point of absurdity yeah everything prison everything violence yeah yeah i it, it yeah it feels very like one track mindy to me um because it's like like my immediate take was like like this this it's like pretending to to be presenting something new but i don't think it's that new from like even like trotsky's for a free and revolutionary art or like from what like the art workers coalition was doing in the 60s with like the open hearings and like where where people talked about like much of these same ideas yeah. well what i thought was interesting is how they rooted everything in um Bogdanov's um prolic cult. Oh yeah 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 the prolic cult. Yeah I, I 
I was wondering if you knew more about that because uh, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was kind of interesting because I, I started reading about the prolet cult because um, it comes up in that book, um, I Want to Believe, like the Posadas book. Oh, and, cool. Yeah, so in the introduction of that book, um, they're talking about Bogdanov as one of the um, original uh, – like founders of the Bolshevik uh, party. And he was like super, super at odds with Lenin um, on issues that were relating to this sort of like fanciful science fiction idealist concept of um, socialism that he was cooking up and writing into sci-fi books and uh so bogdanov wrote this book that was like about um like travel to mars and i think it's called i forget what it's called i think it's just called red star um uh but it's like this you know earthling goes to mars uh like connects with the martians um the martians have this society where everything is fluid kind of in a um like in a like left hand of darkness sort of way um Mm. where it's like gender doesn't really exist and everyone's the same and everyone lives in the same kind of spaces and work is this optional thing you can do if you just want to feel fulfilled and um like uh i, I wonder if she everyone read is, it. oh maybe i mean I bet it, she did. probably probably um this is like one of the cornerstones of like socialist futurism and but it, there was this weird part too um because he he actually is this weird he's he's so he was like writing this sci-fi but in this book he talks about how all of the martians share blood and they make they make <laughs> Um, like a, an economy of blood kind of where like um, the young give blood to the old to make them young and the old give blood to the young to give them immunity defense and it just circulates so everyone is sharing all of this blood on Mars um, and this sprang into like a real life practice where Bogdanov is also one of like the um earliest uh people to try like blood transfusions and he actually died I think during a transfusion where he tried to like give his blood to someone with tuberculosis and Lenin was like get your crazy ass shit out (laughs) of my party but but the weird thing is that the prolet cult which was like this like flowy art group that was made with this dude Lubachansky. Um yeah, they talk about that in the Eflux piece. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. It had so many more people than the Socialist Party. That everyone was just like down <laughs> to clown and so Lenin was like fucking popular ass sci-fi <laughs> ass crazy mother get in line. <laughs> There had to be a better way for Lenin to handle this, to absorb these people. Well, so, like, Trotsky was kind of the middle ground for him, I think. 
That makes sense. And Lennon was not interested in, like, yeah. none of these people were interested in, like, inclusive endeavors, really, either. If you look at it, like, well, shit, maybe that was their fucking problem, eh? Yeah, and I, I just think it's so funny that we keep going back to all of these, like, these thinkers who are like, please, let me lead you in the act of selflessness. And it's like, Jesus Christ, this is, this literally is the way that people brainwash each other to join Scientology. And it goes just about as well. No, there has to be, yeah, there has to be a synthesis of like the, um, the, there has to be a synthesis of the, of these two poles, I think. There must be. Like, otherwise we'll just continue as we've been right like uh, it's and and that's how i feel about this efflux piece because it's 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 kind of like it, it it's it's so utopian that i'm like well, where the fuck do you start like what is the actual program here yeah it didn't even it just seemed sort of like you know, the piece is going, oh, well, what if we put money towards other kinds of art that wasn't what we usually see in the art world? And that was like, I got particularly upset by that because I was like, wait, I wrote a piece about this. <laughs> like, come on, guys. People are working on this, like, all over the place. And there's different, there's so many different art worlds and there's so many different revenue streams it's impossible to make any stable platform the, for these claims. Well, Lucia, obviously, Eflux is the platform and the standard and the uh. <laughs> fucking. I, like seriously, though, like you know, it's it is that really pisses me off too that people don't like look to see like there was like tons of groups who were involved in like the people's cultural plan even like i think that even hit efflux pages at some point when when people were organizing around that shit um for a long time and like uh who have been you know talking about like yeah different ways to reform the institutions or whatever like this this discussion has been happening and I, and I wish that the piece did link more to that or like find like, or find a way to address like the much, like the, the, the biggest problem with this, this type of um, like very insular criticism is like it, it affects the public. It affects everybody. So it's going to, to take, um, much more than just like reprimanding the uh, like executives into doing the right thing. I don't I, like, or like we have to actually overthrow the, them and get rid of them, I think. But I, I, I don't know. It just feels like um, it just feels like the, the piece is like, sorry, I'm like losing my train of thought, but. Well, the so the piece was asking a question like, how can it be possible for people to cultivate local artistic communities as ends in themselves? And I think that's a really valuable thing to consider 
in terms of why we end up making culture. Because there's so much of an aspirational bent towards um, what we end up producing in a lot of instances, right? So it's like, oh, well, I am in this small town, but I'm making a portfolio because uh, I want to go to New York. And then when I go to New York, I want to make art because I want to go to be in the museum. And I want to be in the museum because I eventually also want to um, like get asked by uh, Kanye West to paint a Birkin <laughs> bag for someone, you know, like I, and I want, I'm upset for life. I want to have all of the trappings of some kind of a success. And it's like, the answer to yeah. that is we actually instate some form of living that makes it. So the place you are is bearable enough that you want to participate in it. Yes, that's what it takes. Yeah. And 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 I I think I what I was meant by bringing up the like open hearings art worker coalition is cuz like the idea of like a a, a museum in in every town like a library in it, like like Yeah. That that's been around for a really long time and you know so then there's all these like there's all this shit that we we'd have to do to secure um that that type of funding that I think would take like a shitload of organizing and, and like, um, I guess I'm extremely pessimistic right now, seeing as like we were talking about before, like, um, how cuts were allowed to the public sector without challenge. Yes. Yeah. We're definitely (laughs) not headed towards any (laughs) utopia at this point. Like we can't even get, um, people to uh protect each other enough to demand that we all get health care adequately you know yeah people would rather die <laughs> like, a lot of people um and and it is a false scarcity it absolutely is um, well yeah it's an issue yeah exactly it's an issue of messaging and I, one of the, i don't know one of the things that i've been thinking of like is um, why is it that socialism in America is such a uh, evil concept? Like that there are people who are willing to go off on these tirades against this notion that we would like, you know, even be saying the word. And it's like, um, I don't know. I'm trying to backtrack it into this, this like, okay, so we don't organize Americans around uh, the idea of mutual aid, but there are places that like conservatives will end up tending to congregate. And it's like, they will go to a mega church. Yeah. And there's so, and then it's like, pulling up so i've been trying to pull apart like what is happening in religious circles around like how our leadership is formed and and how our societal structures are maintained because it's like thousands of people will just go like hell yeah christ is is king but then they'll be like what but help each other are you kidding me (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, there's definitely a, a huge propaganda network at at work to to convince people that like you know yeah like prosperity gospel and shit like you know if you if you get COVID it's your own fault and and if you die it's from it it's your own fault it's well, not yeah it's the- not only that it's like there's yeah there's like the Protestant kind of um like the the vibe of being chosen is also like well maybe you were chosen to go up to heaven right right um and and that's hard to undo so I think maybe this efflux piece in uh, i think we need something that that is more along the lines of like here's an outline for for like our own counter propaganda (laughs) like uh, instead of like yeah all of this um stuff that you know um uh, hundreds and thousands of kids have like tricked themselves into like I'm th- thinking about it from a religious perspective, like talk about that. T- if you think about it, like similar ways, like we all got these BFAs, we all went through these institutions. We all have like some amount of, um, you know, participation in them. And um, so if the, the piece is just to abolish those, those places um, uh, one, I don't understand how um, and uh and two, I, I think it's like, I think we we should actually be utilizing them for like our own counter propagandas. I like, I think that's more useful um, because it, it it's it's going to need a lot more political education to be able to do any sort of abolition um, of any of like you know the real estate, private property, um, and police and you know, private art or whatever. Like, I don't think it's, it's, it's something that um, like, and, and like they, they use like black lives matter as an example where um, of course, like everything they're pointing out is true and needs to happen. Like all of these like reforms or abolitions need to happen. But where, where is the, where's the program i keep saying like what what are the steps what are the steps that people can do in these who are either like super embedded into these institutions or like coming at it from the outside and want to like provoke something from within them what can they actually do i just want to (laughs) know like to i don't even like what do you i'm sorry i don't i don't know like what do they do what can to abolish the yeah well the piece talks about you know like um having a more abolitionist stance about um art institutions like art museums like right i just think that's so odd like (laughs) i just i can't imagine having a platform that's like yeah abolish the museum it's like well like you're looking around in this world of hell and you're like, yeah, this is my hill to die on. Literally. I don't, I don't want there to be art that people put in a building. The, like, and, and, and genuinely, like, I get it. Like, you, you can use art as a way to extend that to, like, all private property. I get that. But it's just going, it, all it is going to do is just, like, end up, like, uh, cutting a, a nice thing for people. 
that's all it's good because that's the way everything has been going <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, yeah i mean yeah it's just it's just like i don't understand this at all museums are to the art world as prisons are to the police state it's like no no that is not true actually museums are a place where you can go in like look at some stuff learn about all kinds of things however deeply you want to learn about them and in whatever direction you want to learn about them like you can see a thing you can be like oh the history they have in the museum is actually wrong you can take it in your own direction but like you don't even get to do that if you don't know it exists whereas prisons are places where people disappear and like even if your family members with them you have to go through lengthy processes to see somebody like the the idea of this I don't know. It's like, I get that they're trying to say that there's, um, there's an, there's a level of, um, like social engineering that goes into each institution that we have to deal with. And then, and that engineering can be coercive and that if we are trying to make a system that doesn't have a negative impact on the communities that it's supposed to be here to support in various ways, we have to look at what the workers are experiencing within the institution. We have to look at what the people are experiencing going through the institution. We got to talk to them about it. And then we just go along lines of like for a museum, you know, you know, like maybe giving back some acquisitions, maybe opening up to other cultures, maybe like, you know, finding out what people want out of, out of a, out of a place. Like, I don't, and then for prisons, you know, just get rid of them. And <laughs> this, this is where this is different. <laughs> just straight up, just don't have prisons. Right. No, it, it, like it, it goes against the, like the idea of expanding the museum. Like, cause yeah, to me, it's not like um, abolish, get rid of the museum. It's make the museum public, com like completely public, and and then fund a lot more museums in every single town, and they're all public, like public libraries. Like that's the vision. Like it's it's not um, tear. Like yeah, yeah, like. Um, I was just thinking back to when we had the interview with the new museum union uh, organizers and it, and then I was saying like, Oh, it'd be really cool if you could just like ask to see a piece and then it would show up in the museum. And they're like, Oh, it kind of is like that. And it's like, well, no, um, a curatorial staff can go through a process of like acquisition or something, you know, like, yeah. or borrowing a work but if the public could go in and say like oh i'd love it if um you know mademoiselle d'avignon would show up in this museum is that possible yeah they could they could set it up like especially with like computerized scheduling like it wouldn't be that hard to like set up a like this many people like like similar to library holds like library holds it'll be like 200 people are have this on hold and there yeah. are there are like um 50 in circulation in the system and um but it, instead it could work like like 100 people want to see this um so we're going to you know schedule with them 
for a viewing time because it it reached a certain mass and then maybe only one person requested this so that has maybe less priority but you can still see it during these off hours or whatever <laughs> like like yeah like the only issue with that kind of model though is like everyone is just gonna want to see the starry night over <laughs> and over again and it's like oh jesus <laughs> fucking christ they'll get like, over it eventually and 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 that's the thing maybe the stuff that's like that is really popular that permanent collection type shit like that could just be on on view permanently until it's less requested <laughs> or something yeah yeah i just think like the, there is an issue i think of education and yeah. the and the canon is so well trodden that people are going to be like well i only know five paintings yeah, and, and, and they're and all from the same period and like, like, like we were kind of debating last episode like the canon fucking sucks and it's like i get like um so I kind of understand like why the 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 Baltimore Museum was doing it, doing it the way they did like like selling off stuff they have excess of and trying to to find um areas in in like more local art that they're lacking in. And I get that I get that they didn't need to do it the way they did it, but um like that makes sense one to one to me. I don't know. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I get yeah. that it shouldn't be an either or is what I'm saying. Like, like they shouldn't have to sell anything to do that. Um, they, they should, they should, they should just do that and add more, have more things. It shouldn't be, I've, I've, I've definitely said on this show before that I sometimes, sometimes I fall into the fuck it, just burn it. We don't need it anymore. Camp of, of certain and, and I never have. <laughs> you never have. I have never been there. I'm like, why? <laughs> I, I definitely What's get there the sometimes. And then sometimes I get into the like, well, fuck it, just display it out outdoors, like like they did sometimes. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> it's like, who cares if it gets damaged? That's part of it, or whatever. Oh, well, then you oh, think God. about the rest- the classic restorations, Lucia. The cl- <laughs> I mean, I really, I like, I've met some restore, rest, restoration artists. Yeah. Who are like amazing alchemists that know about every material that was used in every period of time. And like, I don't know, there's something to me that I find very romantic uh, about like valuing things and finding something uh to treasure and like learning how to do that um is is interesting to me um and i get that you know a lot of the idea around how things are supposed to move forward is just with these like really violent and abrupt breaks with stuff that we used to know but in most of these uh, breakages were then forced to rely on like the force of people's personalities who are doing the breaking. And I'm like really torn it, by it the, shouldn't be an it's like it, sad. It, it shouldn't <laughs> be an either or situation. It should just be a, a more, it should just be expansive. It should just include all these things. Um, but then I'm presented with like, 
of an edition of 30 Warhol silkscreen. And I'm just like, I could not care less. <laughs> and this is where, like, this is where it's hard to talk about critiques of the art world because it's like, all right, are we talking about like auction houses that are going to pick up like everyone um of of those uh warhol flowers and be like oh how much is this one it's blue <laughs> like that's that is a part of the art world that definitely sucks ass go that could go honestly auction houses could make go. all the I mean, yeah if you make all the warhols worthless again collect them all you want <laughs> like yeah <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> like yeah i, I had I a think friend yeah. who was working um as an art handler and um she was uh her, her job was to count all of the like warhol fake dollar bills and there was like yeah. like a couple thousand of them and it was like nobody would have known if she just took one. that's that's so because her job was to count them <laughs> But doesn't that job kind of end like after you just do it once? <laughs> I, well, she had other, she had other, other job? jobs too. <laughs> she had other jobs too. I'm just saying, like, like <laughs> it's so funny. Like, there's so many of the, these, and they're worth like you know thousands and thousands of dollars each. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is crazy. Um, I just don't know if there's. Yeah, like I, you know, it's that's kind of a different place where it's like, okay, if you have a bunch of these multiples of something and they're tragically boring and people <laughs> are just like passing them between each other, that also just doesn't affect anyone else except for the people who are doing it. I don't know. I'm like, all right, I, there's always going to be rich people giving each other tug jobs, you know, like, <laughs> And I, and I don't know. I'm well, like, I mean, if the, are we going to abolish if that the, somehow? If, the, if like, we abolish <laughs> the value form, I think that that would get abolished eventually too. Yeah, well, you would have to abolish the people that are yeah. against your abolishment, which is the then you're getting into like you know, because if someone is like, no, no, this Warhol dollar is worth x amount of thousands of dollars and you're like that's not true value is is so well, i think part of abolishing value would be to put to build these library museums everywhere and then they're just accessible to see everywhere and yeah but people are still gonna just want things for themselves just have in their in their little house well i think you know in this revolutionary world people I think like there wouldn't be like the gun couple who own a castle. I don't think those people would exist anymore. Right. <laughs> Which is, and I mean, like that's a, that's where it gets complicated. Definitely. Cause they do right exist. now, right now they do. And it's just like, all right, well, what do you, what do you want to do about that? <laughs> I have a couple of ideas, but it's a little problematic. Yeah, I know. That's like everybody thinks about it, but okay. So you know, it's like it's like going back to the million MAGA march, yeah. right? They're all like, 
they're like, oh, we're going to get that Antifa. We're going to like really take them down. Oh, my God. You guys are done for. We all have guns and we're ready to use them. And it's like, no, 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 you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not going to do. You're not going to get any one of us. You're not ready. I just think nobody wants to kill as much as they say they do. I agree. I I totally agree. Um uh I think uh I'm a little pansy coward. Um uh but I don't know what I would be like in an actual revolutionary moment. And I think it's hard to imagine because I think it would it would be it would be this thing this uh, this collective thing where maybe you don't feel an individual um like if it's a tribunal in central park and there's a uh, and there's something like that maybe you don't feel personal responsibility for for these executions let's say like oh god no that's that's like a nightmarish scenario to I, me. I mean i can't even imagine it so i don't know what it is but i don't think there's any point in time at which i would feel comfortable with like any kind of a tribunal public execution scenario of anyone yeah i don't well, what like, about like these really fucking awful like warmonger war criminal torturers who are just continuing to run our country over and over again, just pass, they just pass our country back and forth. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> um, uh, Guantanamo. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe they could like, stay. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm open to that a, too, That, but that would also put them in a chair, but then, but then <laughs> in, we're not abolishing prison. prisons. We're not abolishing prisons. So, well, that's the last execution. It's like, all right, fine. You know, we emptied the prison, but we put some warlords in there. That's and it. Then, and then this is the last thing we do in the prison. And then we like, and then we seal it up <laughs> like it's a, like it's, you know. Um, and it doesn't have to be Guantanamo. It could be like a Norway style. Like we could be nice to them. <laughs> like if we feel like it. Like. Yeah, I just, I just don't know. Like there's. This is the kind of thing I mean. It's like, how do you square seizing power with the fact that it's like nobody? I mean, maybe some people are interested in like public. Well, maybe maybe it wouldn't have to be like you're saying. Like maybe instead of uh, the tribunal in Central Park is not an execution. Instead, it's a tribunal to be sent to the last Gitmo, the last Hague. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay, you guys built this place. Why don't you go and like deal with it? by dying there <laughs> like i could that's that's kind of makes sense to me but i don't like the idea of being like all right well now we're just gonna get into uh this form of justice that is opens the door for other people to be killed this way. i think that's fair I think that's absolutely fair and and sometimes i get a little bloodthirsty for these absolute monsters but i if i was in this tribunal and most people were like well we don't kill anymore we're better than this we don't do what they did and i would agree you know but i yeah. i i still don't think that i i i still think that's going to yeah require some reeducation 
for um yeah <laughs> it's it's just gonna be an impossible time to get through in general it's gonna be like oh mm, nobody is really equipped in any direction and we're we're just gonna who knows i mean we're gonna slide right into the age of aquarius yeah yeah and it's and a lot of it is gonna come down to the people who are currently cops which is really scary oh yeah those those are people who don't mind public executions so if if enough we definitely need critical mass against them and and those are scary violent situations every time there's um something in the street where the cops are so these yeah these situations are there's definitely going to to be a lot more confrontations like that um because nothing has changed <laughs> yeah and it's, and it's like if the art world just like collapsed tomorrow, that's not going to change that either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I think that's something that we have touched on in this show many a time is just that the art world is sort of it's growing, uh, but it's also like all of the issues with wealth and. Uh, whatever it is doing to manipulate cultural production is a side effect of the capitalist structure that we're suffering under. Yes. And it's like, if we change our societal relationships, we will change our relationship to culture, but we can't do it from culture. We have to reinstate a political sphere that, that we can lead with exactly yes that's that's what i was trying to say when i was losing my words before (laughs) it it has to it has to be in 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 tandem with everybody it can't just come from these random people either within the art institutions or people trying to challenge the art institutions it's not enough right but in the meantime it's great that we're seeing some yes in the meantime give me the good address. propaganda like uh, that's what i was trying to say before too i want to know i want <laughs> like <laughs> yeah 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 put the put the good word out give me there. the good propaganda i just want to i just want someone to say that they also believe in the dream and then i'm good well i believe in the dream that you have Yay, I believe in the dream too. <laughs> a, a library in every town that is a museum. What is what is a catch your way slogan? I don't know. Sloganeering for that. Um oh yeah, somebody Jesus help Christ. us. Make some propaganda. We'll have a Yeah, look. Library museums. Library museum. Library museum. Library museum. Yeah, that's gotta be it. Something like that. That's got to be the next thing, like because I think everyone's focused on the on debt right now. They think they're going to be able to get some debt cancellation. Oh God, I love that! I love that. Everyone is like, <laughs> "You guys, student debt is going to be forgiven. Biden's just going to do it." Like, and uh, it's like, "Oh, wait a minute! He didn't even say anything. <laughs> he didn't that. say anything. It was like Schumer, oh, sort of like floating it to him." 
And then it was like Schumer was like, yeah, maybe uh fifty thousand. And then they were like, maybe ten thousand. Yeah, <laughs> maybe ten. Maybe actually we'll just give everybody one Cheerio. Oh my god. And it's like talking about that and not talking about like, well, how are you gonna make it free in perpetuity at the same time is like driving me insane also. <laughs> Oh, no, we're not trying to redistribute anything. We're just trying to make it so that people can feel comfortable, like, continuing to pay money for other Yeah, yeah, stuff. we're just trying to, <laughs> to give a boost to the economy and our poll numbers in the immediate. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're trying to just wipe away the past four years and distract from the fact that... Everything is going to be materially very It's not worse. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> well, you know, I'm just... We're like at the end of the episode. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, just, uh, I'm just very excited uh, to see what this whole thing is going to be like. Uh, we just ended 200 years of earth signs and um those 200 years are you know like if if we're living through the age of of capricorn uh it means that most of the consciousness is going to be wrapped up in material gain and uh tangible efforts and skirmishes over uh, territories and supremacy and all this kind of stuff and apparently uh, when our global consciousness enters into uh, an era where we are ruled by air signs um, the general concept is that we'll be um, having a free exchange of ideas and collaboration and this time will be marked by more communication of um shared goals more 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 um planning on how to establish things that will benefit the majority of people this is why everybody's very excited about you know um that hippy dippy situation coming Lucia, i only trust you to write the uh communist astrology takes i only trust you thank you you. thanks (laughs) well it's it's interesting because you know i did notice that like in the hair song they say um like when the moon is in the seventh house and jupiter aligns with mars um i think jupiter might actually be aligning what does that mean right now um it's very good luck it's very good luck and it's very it's very beneficent energy but it's also about like getting stuff done um saturn is like the is like the rule making planet saturn is like the planet of capricorn so it's not just like peace and love it is. It is. It's expansiveness. But it's I everything that, working out the best possible But I thought the song, the song was like, when Jupiter oh, yeah, aligns with peace Mars, will, peace will align. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what the song says. But if we're not, we're not aligning with Mars, we're aligning with Saturn. Well, cur- currently we're going to be aligning with Saturn. 
But I, you know, I think that the sentiment is still the same. Um, I just don't know if they. I mean, maybe Mars is gonna sneak in there. I gotta check. <laughs> <laughs> Could be all of them. <laughs> yeah. I like. I know that Jupiter's aligning with Saturn, but maybe Mars is gonna come in. Maybe they're all gonna come in and do like it, a kick. Line. Well, the uh, aligning the fucking chakras or whatever isn't in in emitting the perfect light. Isn't that the whole point of enlightenment? Uh, yes. In in some in some cases, I think uh you're supposed to be a beacon but maybe you know in others it's just about like being a good parent or something well it sounds like we're in for some clarity that could be good and uh it could that clarity is probably going to come from a lot of uh suffering too but the, cl- the oh, clarity is good. yes it's yeah um make no mistake about it everything is still bad but we're ending the episode on some woo-woo yeah, shit. Good. <laughs> Support us on Patreon for, for more of our fucking um, ne'er, ne'er-do-well critical um, takes on uh, uh, all sorts of shit. <laughs> yeah. We'll teach each other and ourselves and We're doing our too. fucking best in these fucked up times. So thank you for your support. And I love you. Yeah. I also love you. Let's have fun. Bye.